You're Not Funny is taped before a live studio audience. Ooh, yeah! Somehow that has made things more awkward. So, Adam. Yes? What are you wearing? Oh. Uh, I, I'm wearing what could be described as job interview casual. Uh, <laughs> I have a tea, a black uh, a tee with black pants and a purple shirt that just pops the eyes. Uh, so that's that's my way of saying, you know, it's like I bring a bit of fun to this otherwise drab outfit. I am also wearing a purple top. It's just a t-shirt. Mm. Boy, this is exciting. Is this the kind of getup that you would wear to uh, to uh, go on the stage and walk the boards and make the people in the nice audience laugh? Uh, pretty much. Um, I would perhaps wear a flashier t-shirt as I have a large assortment of pop culture t-shirts as all wayward souls do who are my age. (laughs) But, uh, this is kind of key, I think, for a stand-up performances in that, like, you have pants that are comfortable, you have a shirt that is big enough that it covers your gut, and then... You have a shirt over that shirt so that no one can see how much you're sweating. Right. This is all practical. Now, that's very, that, it, that does sound very practical. Mm-hmm. I am also a fan of the school of comedy. And I feel like I would, if I were to actually try my hand at stand-up, I might go down this route of the sort of uh, wearing a suit – Dressing very formal for the occasion. As a gentleman, obviously, you know, that's that's more of an option for you, I suppose. But Well, I mean, like, do you want to have a suit? If, if, if you have a suit, why stop there? Why not get, like, a full-blown party frock? Well, why, why not? not? <laughs> like, why not do that? If, 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 we're, if we're just having a suit, like, which I'm just picturing as, like, a, a tux or something. or uh, not a just full tux, just like a nice, Oh, I simple... think you're James Bonding. <laughs> no, well, you could. But I think, no, I think I would just go with a sort of... Uh, a very nicely tailored suit hmm. to show that I mean business. See, that's interesting because, like, I wonder how the audience feels because they always advise, you know, certain comedians advise wearing a suit. And I always wonder how the audience feels in comedy clubs where what you're wearing is more expensive than what they're eating. <laughs> how often I've never are owned you wearing an clothing that is less than thirty dollars? <laughs> I'm a poor man. That's still that's still upsetting. That's that's those, my life. It's very upsetting. Those comedy wings are very overpriced. <laughs> well, yes, they they only make their money because it's a sham. <laughs> I don't know. There's something very neutral about seeing a male comedian on stage wearing a suit that you don't even really notice it at first, or at least I don't. Hmm. Like John Mulaney wears suits on right. stage, or he does in his comedy specials, and I assume he does it all the time. He looks like a man who goes to bed in a suit, and. It looks fine. It wasn't until I was watching for a while that I was like, oh, he's wearing a suit. Huh. Now, it looks perfectly fine on stage, but if you're sort of mingling at the bar afterwards, which, you know, I know is not recommended behavior, but Mm. if you are, you know, seeing yourself in any other position where you are amongst the audience, that's when I think it would get awkward. Hmm. Nobody wears a suit to attend a comedy show. No, no, unless you are doing the bookings. And even then, uh, I don't know. I think that you would feel comfortable as long as you're, I guess, the kind of person who's comfortable wearing a suit. That's just it. I don't think 
I mean, I'm a large man who sweats a lot. So having a suit, wearing a suit is like not a good idea if bright lights are involved because then I will just be swimming up there. You say that as if the suit wasn't designed for large men in hot lands. It's it's never worked for me, though. Mm. It's always just resulted in me wearing more layers, which is like not good for staying cool. I, I feel like you've, you, you have a poor tailor. That's I've never used but, a tailor. I mean, I, I put, purchased something very lovely from Dollarama that was almost a suit. <laughs> so it had a bow tie in the center of the T-shirt. <laughs> so, yeah. So when you're going on stage, you, you just wear these sort of, I don't know, uh, minimum wage job interview clothing. Yeah. That's that's about it. Every now and then, I would disobey the rule because I'm sure you've heard never wear shorts on stage. I I never wear shorts, period. Well, I, I am a man of comfort, Chris. <laughs> that is why I don't wear shorts. I feel deeply uncomfortable showing off my, my knees like that. Oh, no. I, I, I like showing off my legs because they're like the one part of my body that's pretty good. All right. That's I'm not, like I'm it. not disagreeing with that. I, I have suppose. like strong muscular calves. I've, I've never now that we're doing this live and sitting next to each other. I, 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 thankfully, there's sort of a a tablecloth that's covering them, so I can't just check them out. Can't ogle your legs for a bit. Oh, I thought you were going to say that that's the thing that's covering just the raging erection. That that too. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I I just believed in comfort, so I would still have the 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 shirt. The shirt would have like the the long sleeve shirt to cover the short sleeve shirt. I would have to have just to cover the sheer amount that I would be sweating out of both heat and nervousness. But I would still wear shorts, mm. and and people hated it. Like not audiences, because I don't think anyone actually cares what a comedian wears. I don't think any like. As someone who did it, I would see like a comedian in a suit and go, "Oh, they must be so hot." But. Uh, I uh, whenever I was on stage, I was just like, no, 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 they, I, they have to be fooled into thinking that I am not sweating. <laughs> that was my that was that was that's in, in in some ways why my act was kind of a magic act, and that you believed that I was not sweating for at least twenty minutes. Were you were you wearing bunnies secreted on various points of your person? Well, am I wearing what bunnies? If it's a magic act, are you going to pull the bunnies out from? various secret no, compartments no, in your clothing. It was, it was not that kind of a magic act. The, the the trick was simply, it's like, oh, this man appears collected. Yeah. That's the other thing. I think if you're wearing a suit, it just gives you extra confidence because you are wearing professional person clothing and therefore mm. you are a professional person. Suits even, like, if I'm wearing a suit, which I don't do all that often, but when I do, I tend to have better posture. Mm. I tend to feel more official. I tend to feel like, a, you know, a good suit hides your gut. That's sort of what they're there for. Mm. Uh, it just makes me feel a bit, a bit, I don't know, a bit more uh, on point. And I did have a suit once in my career when I had a very well-paying job. The first thing I did was I bought a suit, but uh, uh, because it was my suit, uh, it was not long before I, I spilled a, a order of ribs on it. Mm. That is a thing that happened that yes. I deeply regret. <laughs> Uh, did you have any any clothing that had a kind of talismanic effect for you, like your lucky pair of underwear or a, a lucky T-shirt that you could wear on stage and 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 draw magic powers from? I I just thought that there was a uh, kind of rainbow striped shirt that I had that looked nice. That's the closest thing I I had to one. It was just this dark array of rainbow colors. It was it was darkened and, and silky. Mm. Um, and that was just comfortable, and it seemed to hide the fact that again, I was like, I am agitated and sweaty. But uh, no, I would—I don't think I had a a 
a lucky shirt or a lucky hat or a lucky pair of – I did have a lucky pair of underoos, but that was more for after the show. I was confident whenever I was wearing uh, – I had these glow-in-the-dark Pac-Man underwears. And I, I, I felt like I'm going to have to show someone these – like these underwears deserve to be seen. Yes. So because I had them, I think I was more confident after the show, unless I bombed terribly. <laughs> were you Were you ever tempted to show the audience your power pellets? No. No, I don't think anyone should. I, it, it was never that kind of act. <laughs> well, um, now, obviously, we are talking about this from the perspective of two more or less cis male people. Uh do you have any thoughts or stories that you've heard from women stand-ups and how their clothing choices has have affected them? Hmm. I know that most women that I would see doing comedy would wear pants, but I mean, you also have the thing, and I'm speaking outside of my role, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to be a bit. Uh, well, I mean, maybe you don't have to be, but. As a woman, like you would be safeguarding yourself as much as possible and wearing a skirt or a dress while not inviting anything uh, definitely leaves you more vulnerable, like both to comments and actions. Mm. And as such, you know, most women would most women would dress down from what I would see, like every now and then there'd be brave souls and skirts. But uh, for the most part, like I would see like women in tees and pants, like the comedians are creatures of comfort (laughs) (laughs) or, or extreme discomfort. Again, I'm sort of thinking, I'm trying to remember, but uh, I seem to have a memory of, of Rita Rutner wearing these like very Mm. frilly dresses. Wow. Well, that's what made her stand out. (laughs) She was very special. She was the opposite of Paula Poundstone. (laughs) Yes, in in many ways. But what about you? Like, what about get up as a music man? Like, did that ever matter? Did that ever count? Was there a specific way you had to look or felt like a band should look in order to look appropriate? Because, like I said, uh, a lot of comedians have weird ideas about what you should and should not wear. But I wonder if if musicians have the same thing. So, so I think we in in my little indie band we basically just wore whatever. I feel like I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but podcast amnesia strikes us all. Mm. Um, so I always wanted us to wear sort of matching outfits or a getup that, that would fit. I always kind of liked seeing bands where they dressed up either in the same kind of suit or in some other sort of Devo style costume or, right. or whatever, or, or even go full residence and put giant eyeball heads on us. Um, but you know, my bandmates were for the most part not at all up for that. <laughs> that was just not even. We had a we had a, a an album release party once, and I was like, everybody dress nice, just put on a blazer or something. And even that was met with rebellion. And yeah, my bass player was not having that. And like, <laughs> fine, I wasn't going to push it. It's just like, okay, that's not that's not what this group of people wants to do. We're not going to do it. Um, but that's also that also says something about the kind of band that we were. That we were not going to. We weren't aspiring to be that kind of thing, I mm-hmm. guess. We were a much more casual, down-to-earthy kind of gr- group. So so someday someday we'll be in a band where we all wear the same outfit or a comedy troupe where we all wear that same outfit. Does that ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> Not to my knowledge. I mean, unless you can't suits. Mm. 
I mean, I'm just trying to think of like a, a an improv troupe that dresses up in polyphonic spree style in like moo-moos and horrifying image. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So we never dressed. We never dressed too fancy, but we were also not very. We weren't putting on that kind of a flashy show. Hmm. We didn't have the best visuals. I regret that now. Yeah, that you did not make it a theatrical event. I think I think it would have been better if we had hmm. a little bit. But, you know, we also didn't have the money to have, like, giant screens behind us doing putting shows on like the kids sometimes do. Yeah, yours was not uh, a laserium and fog machine No, band. we try. I mean, I would have loved it, but no, we never got up to that point. Well, what would you want to do then? Like, what would you want to do that would how – do how do you be theatrical on a budget? What would you do? Well, I mean, the, the short answer is uh, stripping. Mm-hmm. But that was not a good. Ad- so idea your idea of theatrical is the show hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is a that is a theater piece. Yes, yeah, but it's just just that one was the idea. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a very affordable theater piece to put on, assuming you can get the rights. And if you can't get the rights, then just do something in the public domain. But like <laughs> strip Julius Caesar. I forgot that we were talking about hair for a second. So when you said get the rights, I was like, I have to get the rights from my own penis to appear. <laughs> You may you may have to at the very least sign a waiver or two. Mm-hmm. Well, you definitely have to be signing things afterwards. I think <laughs> that depends on the penis. Mm-hmm. But um, non-disclosure. That agreements. was yeah. So that was uh, that was not uh, that was not a route we were going to go down. Certainly, hmm. but there are all sorts of things that you can do to be a bit more theatrical on a budget. Uh, dance moves. You know, a little shake here, a little shake there. Everybody doing things in sync. Really, just getting all the band people to do the same thing in the same way, whether it's wearing the same outfits or moving in a certain way or doing anything. But that would require a kind of uh, pre-planning and precision, which was sort of against what the aesthetic of the of the band was, mm-hmm. which was a bit more like we have a loose structure. We have a set list usually, but uh, when the songs are all pre-written. But we're very much open to let's find out what happens when we play these in this environment based on whatever, you know, maybe we're playing it a little bit faster than usual, but and we don't necessarily decide that beforehand. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So 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 we weren't going to try to have a very tight routine. Hmm. Well also it like it sounds like at no point with the band even consider being in any form of agreement but maybe that's that's the you know nice sound that you produced is that no one could agree on what music was or anything else no, it wasn't as severe as all that but, <laughs> but it was yeah there's a lot of space for for things to emerge um what about what are your thoughts on comedians who dress uh funny Ooh, uh, I think that is my response. <laughs> I'm not for it. I'm not crazy about it. Like, there's a part of me that even if someone is dressing up, like if someone is, is wearing a suit, but the suit appears a little sticky, you know what I mean? Like, you've got like, oh, a bright bow tie or something like that, where, where like if the colors are a little loud, too loud, uh, I'll be, I, I will do the cringe breathe. I will breathe through my teeth just seeing it. I mean, I, I will say that sort of wearing authentic, quote unquote, authentic street clothing is also a kind of shtick in the same way. I suppose. But it's the shtick is my life, Chris. I know well, nothing else. Well, <laughs> um, yes. Um, I don't know. I feel like there are comedians who have uh, gone that route of being of wearing shticky mm-hmm. that you've enjoyed. I mean, I've I've enjoyed... 
I've enjoyed people who are stickier than others, sure, in, I mean, in all sorts of respects. I, I mean, the beloved Judy Tenuta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and, and and everything she wears is, is as loud as she is. Exactly. That was very appropriate dressing for her act. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's always like the instinctual reaction. It's just like, ooh, that's a bit loud. Uh, and it's And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't, but like – you know, on a gut level, it's like, do I like that? It's like, no, not really. Ah, uh, do you? Uh, I'm thinking now of the of the button down comedy about <laughs> Newhart. <laughs> uh, and you know, I think on that on that album, he's wearing a button down cardigan, and and he's very much drawing attention to the normalcy and casualness of his clothes, mm-hmm. which I don't. I guess at the time that might have come off as very sticky. Because I guess I think that would have still been when most comedians would have been wearing suits. Yeah. Although to me, it's like, isn't that just highlighting uh, like Bob Newhart's whole character, which is that he is incredibly like boring. Yes. But in a funny way. Right. Much like the cardigan. And he seems to have the telephone numbers of a lot of interesting people. Mm-hmm. I had the sense that you were, uh, when we were talking before recording, that you had been looking into some historical uh, comedians' clothing. What? And no. You, said, you, you, were said, you were asking me about traditional clothing for performing in. Uh, well, I was, I was asking, I guess, a l- little bit about uh, you know the traditions that, that you would have had musically. No, I don't, I don't know too much about mm-hmm. uh, uh, comedians other than like the very basics is that like originally everybody was in a suit and then uh, there were various people who embraced hippiness or, or what, dressing down and whatnot in the 60s. And now it's kind of a free-for-all. Some comedians perform exclusively in suits. Some comedians perform exclusively in shorts. And there is tons of uh, leeway in between. <laughs> And thankfully, they don't perform in blackface anymore, which uh, was super common even for people who weren't doing race-based humor. Hmm. Uh, That was just for a while. That was just what comedians wore to indicate that they were comedians was was blackface. Um, Yeah. Can't say say I've ever tried it, you know. No. No. Can't say I've ever tried it. No. There's a lot of of fun historical things that you can try, making your own butter. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what from your own milk? From your own milk, Ooh. or or that of a friend. Uh, but uh, I definitely would not encourage the uh, historical reenactment society, the Society for Creative Anachronism, <laughs> to go down the blackface route. Here's hoping. Here's hoping they stick to that. Uh, perhaps they have a no blackface rule. All good societies should. <laughs> Who was the best dressed comedian you ever worked with? The best dress comedian I ever worked with. None. There was <laughs> never a good. There was never a best dress. There was there was barely a, a, a dressed comedian. Um, everyone was always dressed a little shabbily. Mm. Uh, even the suits that were owned by like a handful of comedians. Like I'm not telling tales at a school when the great Mike Wilmot wears like a suit that it looks like he slept in. I mean that was a that was a look for a while. Oh sure, that was trendy for a bit there. <laughs> the Kolchak the Night Stalker look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're Not Funny is brought to you by Megaphonic FM. Go to megaphonic.fm and check out all our fancy little podcasts, including This Is Your Mixtape. You know who's hosting This Is Your Mixtape these days? It's a little guy named Mikey Collins, who is here as our audience member. Now, he's had he's had a pretty easy time of it so far. There was very little amusing in that first bit, <laughs> apparently. So he was whisper quiet. 
Let's see if this section in which we tell jokes on this week's topic, which is clothing, let's see if that wakes him up. Let's see if he laughs. Let's see if truly we are not funny. Well, Chris, some audiences are, are really more like voyeurs, so it's okay. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this time around, Adam, I believe you get to go first. Sure. I'll, I'll try my best. So, Chris, I, uh, I present to you, instead of a joke, a historical fact. Did you know that uh, Jean-Paul Sartre's No Exit was originally commissioned by a potato chip company? And as such, it had to promote the potato chips, which is why it was originally called, uh, in reference to their newest flavor, all dressed and nowhere to go. Now, initial reviews were fairly kind, including one that says it was all that in a bag of chips. That took about 30 seconds this morning. <laughs> oh, man. Even though Michael did a chuckle, I don't think it was loud enough to be caught on the. <laughs> that that seems Michael. fair. That seems like that's what that deserves. So I recently got invited to a white party, which is not a white power party. Thankfully, I'm not, I don't get invited to those too often. Uh, these are parties where everybody dresses up all in white, which is not. Like white KKK robes, just, you know, normal white clothes, white shirt, white pants, white, what's another piece of clothing? White socks, cravat. I don't know. Anyway, white pottery is there. They're kind of, uh, they're popular, especially amongst uh, gay people. There's a lot of uh, AIDS fundraisers that are white parties in various cities. There's a circuit of them even. Uh, And so I got invited to one. Now, at this point in the routine, uh, it was going to be about how anxious uh, I get when I'm wearing white clothing, because as you probably know, they stain super easily. They're just, you know, stain magnets, and then you look stupid. And it was going to culminate into a scene where I was going to imagine going to a white party and everybody standing around awkwardly trying not to touch anything in order to avoid getting those terrible stains. And I was going to paint a, a word picture of a room full of people, all of them anxious about any physical interaction, because if they got a splotch on their perfect white clothes, if they make the beginner's error of sitting down for a second and end up with streaks running down their ass, well, and then they have to spend the rest of the night mortified about the, about how terrible they look. But while I was writing this routine, I decided to look up some pictures of some white parties. And uh, it turns out they're not like that at all. They take place in like big clubs and they're full of people who seem to be having the time of their lives, just dancing and hugging and hanging out and having fun and doing all sorts of things. They're all carefree. They're all So, uh, I guess I was wrong. And also, fuck those people. Well, I feel like we both learned a lot today. (laughs) So, I take it white parties are actually a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay. I didn't know. I've never... (laughs) Oh, now the audience comes alive. That's the most raucous you've been. (laughs) Um I've never, I've, I've never, I've never seen that. I, I would be similarly kind of stressed out to wear white. I, that's why I never had a white suit of oh, any kind. You don't keep the clothes on. You don't. Oh, they, in the pictures they all had the clothes on. But yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure you don't eventually. Oh, I mean, I mean. I mean. Oh. But like seriously, like who? I don't. I also don't want to go to a nudist party. Hmm. <laughs> I also don't want to go to a. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I not if I have to participate. Certainly. 
but mm. probably I'd feel very awkward about about all sorts of things there too. I'm just trying to think. It's like if you okay, say everyone's throwing their clothes off. How do you tell what's yours if it's all white? <laughs> oh, I mean, ideally, they would take all those clothes and put them into a big pile in the middle of the room yeah. and then set fire to them. Oh, no. How would you get home? There's no Uber driver that lenient. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, slankets are available upon exit of the party. Ooh. Just wear that home. I have a friend who wears white clothing all the time. And she looks great in them. And she doesn't get them stained. And I think she's magic. That would be the only explanation, yes. But it just makes me anxious. Hmm. Even just knowing she's out there living her happy life just makes me anxious. Do you think she derives happiness from your unhappiness? Maybe that's her magic. Maybe that's what keeps her clean. I mean, I I hope she does, because I'd like my unhappiness to have some good benefit in the world. But... You know, I wish her no ill. I don't think that's the case. But, you know. I think hoping your unhappiness provides some good in the world is what drives every comedian. I think, yeah. Yeah. 